The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And hello, everyone, and we're just so grateful for your presence and being with us on the show today. We have the good fortune of talking with Rasha. She brings the essence and energy, the words of oneness. Rasha, welcome to our show. We're delighted that you're here. Thank you for your presence and for the work you're doing in the world. Thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this. Absolutely. Well, I I love the fact of so many individuals out in the world today that are intentional spirits. I mean, you're really focused on impacting the world through all the work that you do. And you are a well-noted author, um, and you have a new book coming out. What is the name of your book that will come out in May? Um, the book is A Journey to Oneness, and it is the story of my own spiritual journey what actually was going on while I was transcribing the uh, classic book, Oneness, what was happening, um, and how I was embodying these teachings as they were coming through. It's an amazing story, and it it took me a while to come to terms with the idea of sharing it. I thought it was just for me, Mm -hmm. but clearly it, it goes way beyond that. These teachings are for everyone, and... um, go light years beyond what was written in the first place. So I'm, I'm very excited that this is coming out finally after eight years in the works, actually. Ah, oh, well, con- congratulations. I love the quote on your website. The true teachers of your times do not seek to be exalted in your eyes. They show you, mm. by example, the validity of a vision in which each of you is exalted in your own eyes. That's very powerful. That sums it up, doesn't it? It does. It, it kind of absolutely, it, it says it all. It really, it <clears throat> well, al- along your life journey, did you have um, kind of an essence of awakening or did you grow up, you know, with a family that supported you in, in a mystery school or what is your story no, in not the in any evolution? Way. <laughs> not in <laughs> any way. Um Until the mid-1980s, I was leading a very normal life as a mother and wife and career person. Um, And then slowly I began to awaken, as many of us did in those days. Um, For me, it wasn't like someone just flipped a switch and um, I became a spiritual person. It was a gradual immersion into awakening and awareness. Um, It started with an interest in astrology and then an interest in meditation. And in 1987, 
quite unexpectedly, I began um, channeling. And it wasn't anything I ever thought to do, but uh, at that point I was told this was um, something I had done in many lifetimes, and this was going to be my life's work. And I thought, no way, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> it wasn't anything that was remotely on, on my agenda at that time. But in time, I grew comfortable with it. It felt right. And I think that's such a clue for so many of us who are um, weighing what is going to be sacrificed and what it's going to take to make a major commitment to a spiritually focused life direction, um, is how does it feel? Does it feel right on? It did for me. Mm -hmm. It felt so right. So I continued with that, and I guess the rest is pretty much history. Um, When in 1987... I, um, no, in 1987, did you align with some type of philosophy or teaching, or how, oh. how did how did you get the validation externally based on the the feeling and the impulses you were having inside? Well, um, it's undeniable when you connect with divinity. Um, the the um, physical sensations the Heart sensations are so extraordinary. You, you are in ecstasy. You're in bliss. You know you're not imagining it. And so that was my affirmation that I was on track. That, um, and not to mention that the teachings that I was transcribing, like a secretary taking dictation, were concepts that I had no foundation in whatsoever. There's no way that Rasha could have written that. And that got my attention. I was astounded at the depth and the scope of some of what was coming through my consciousness, um, initially handwritten onto a pad and then ultimately onto a computer. Um, And I would read it afterwards with tears streaming down my face, thinking, Mm. oh, my God, I never could have written that. And And so it went. That was the beginning was in '87 when um, I started bringing through teachings from Lord Rama, who I had never even heard of. This is the Hindu god Ram. Uh huh. Um, I later came to understand, and then went on in the early '90s to transcribe the book now known as The Calling, which uh, the, the source of that information was Amitabh, which is an, actually an aspect of Lord Shiva. I later found out. But the information was so profoundly wise and the scope was so far-reaching that um, I trusted it instinctively. Um, Ultimately, I was very carefully trained in the skills of discernment in um, making sure of what consciousness was attempting to come through. And that's a huge and fascinating subject. Um, Ultimately, I was introduced to the presence of oneness. And that happened around 1997-98, also very unexpectedly. I was um, ready to promote the calling and the teachings of Amitabh, and suddenly I was told, well, that work is complete. Now you're going to be um, transcribing books of divine teachings from a source called oneness. 
and I thought, um, I didn't want any part of this. <laughs> right, I'm in over my head. Forget it. But um, it, it took a while for me to make my peace with the magnitude, the intensity of the vibration that accompanied the, conscious, the, uh, the presence, the consciousness of oneness as these teachings were coming through. Um, I realized that this is extraordinary and that it was um, definitely my privilege and my honor to be able to serve in these times to bring this through. So um, that, in a nutshell, is, is how this came about. Yeah, that's and, very powerful. It reminds me somewhat of a similar story so many years ago of the creation of A Course in Miracles that an individual just mm-hmm. started being given this information and writing it down and and then tapping into this this whole depth of uh, teaching and, and, and lessons. And it also, the oneness movement of Diksha is just so becoming well-known by the masses now, mm-hmm. which is another aspect. And I, I, there isn't a connection as far as parallel There's to no organizations. There's no connection whatsoever. Right. There's no connection whatsoever between my work, these teachings, and that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in these times, so many people are using the word oneness. Yes. mean many things. And it's important for the listeners to understand that nobody has an exclusive on the word oneness any more than anyone has an exclusive on the word God. This or is unity. A term that, yeah, or, or unity. unity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this term oneness doesn't belong to me, it doesn't belong to the oneness university people or any other people who are feeling that that's a very appropriate word to um, use, to yeah. describe the divinities that unites us all. Absolutely. It's a word that me. doesn't offend anybody's beliefs. <laughs> it's universal, and it's the one that, that this consciousness has chosen to use, probably for those reasons. Mm, yeah, to me it just uh, yeah. totally declares where we are in our times on this mm-hmm. planet. It's very exciting and invigorating, actually, that we're all yeah. on the same page using the same types of terminology and and connection. Mm -hmm. And exactly these types of words resonate so much more with the common ears than in some of the different forms of words that are used to teach Mm -hmm. spiritual teaching. So good for you. Because this is not about religion. Mm -hmm. There are people have an emotional stake in, in their traditions. But the unity consciousness, the oneness consciousness is the personal divinity that is within each of us. That doesn't have a religion. Mm-hmm. That transcends, transcends all of these cultural um, categories into which we divide ourselves and mm-hmm. separate ourselves from each other. These times are about tapping into that universal unification and not just believing it, but knowing it from your own experience of it. That's the opportunity in these times, is to dive into your own inner depths and not just read scripture, but close your eyes, silence your mind, and feel and then become who you truly are. And um, very excitingly in these times, this is not just for one in a million who's hiding in a cave in the Himalayas. 
this, I'm told, is an opportunity that is available to everyone in these times. Anyone who really would like to take the time to explore another aspect of humanness, of what it's like to be um, in the year of oneness, to be perceiving life from the perspective of that. It's, it's a possibility that, that is not exclusive. You don't need a degree. You don't need to be ordained. You don't need to qualify in any way. You just need to be open to the possibility and willing to make it a priority in your life. And um, I find that very exciting as uh, I speak to groups all over the country to see the, the scope of the different backgrounds of people who are drawn to this sense of universal truth, of um, that there is something much bigger going on here than we were ever taught and than we were ever led to believe. And the opportunity is ever-present to know it and to embody it. So I think that's, that's what I was signed up to do. <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> He's a megaphone about this. And uh-huh. It's very clear that it yeah. is the essence of your being that's, that's very evident. And the way you even language words is really beautiful. Um, and it, it definitely is part of, you know, our philosophy and unity is that we are not mm-hmm. religious. We are spiritually connected to, you know, all essence of life mm-hmm. and of nature and, I'm, I'm with you. I don't um, want right, to get no. caught I up was, in I've any kind of... I've been a unity member in various congregations for decades. Oh. <laughs> from the very beginning. From mm-hmm. the very beginning. It was very much part of the foundation of who I was becoming. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, unity has been a message. really great core for for a, a, a lot of people. I want to remind everyone that you can discover more about Rasha by and her work by going to her website onenesswebsite.com that's onenesswebsite.com and you can um, look at her her book and also see that her new book is coming out on May the 13th uh, 2013 and find out more about her work now do you actually do a uh, Live speaking engagements, Rasha? I do on occasion, not often because um, I live in India and it's not very practical to do live speaking engagements. I, I do um, radio talks. I okay. Think. You do radio right talks and do you do consultations with people or? No, no okay. nothing, like, nothing like that. I transcribe the teachings of oneness. And I use the medium of the Internet to share it as much as possible. There is a wonderful newsletter that people can subscribe to by going to the website um, where they can get the most recent teachings of oneness. It's absolutely free. And there are email series that people can subscribe to, also free gorgeous photographs and quotations, all sorts of things. This is all... Um, courtesy of the miracle of the internet, you you can share um, a lot of these beautiful programs in, in a really meaningful way um, in small bites. 
So <laughs> you don't have to take on a 560-page book in one sitting. You could just you know, savor it for a moment or listen for a moment to uh, one paragraph, an audio clip from the book Oneness. That's a beautiful series called A Moment of Oneness, and people can just go sign up for that on the homepage of the website where they can close their eyes for 60 seconds and immerse themselves into just one little taste of these profound messages that have come through. So that's something people may want to check out. Um, that's, that's pretty much how I'm sharing this, this information. Um, the book is huge, the new one. It's 560 pages long and kind of a tapestry of um, the story of what was going on in my life starting from the time where oneness first came through, um, going about seven years into that history. And the personal guidance I received all along the way so that people can see what was happening in this person's life that would have prompted such teachings to come forth. And some of it is um, quite, um, what would you say, heavy, <laughs> quite um, light years beyond what the book Oneness had to offer, I can honestly say. Subjects that I've never read anywhere or heard spoken of anywhere. I had quite a ride. And, oh, that is so, so amazing. Well, I want to hear more about that when we return after break. You're listening to Temple Hayes from Unity Campus here in the heart of St. Petersburg and Rasha, and she is talking about the words of oneness, the work, and her website, onenesswebsite.com. I want to thank all of you for your continued donations and contributions to Unity Online Radio, which offers us the opportunity to reach many countries throughout the world and thank you for letting people know about our show the intentional spirit if there are certain shows you would like to see us have please email me or go to my website templehays.org we'll be right back following this short break As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. here to be? It's a question we all ponder from time to time. Reverend Kelly Isola, host of Spiraling Consciousness and her co-authors, have crafted a guidebook that will take you on a profound journey. If you long for love, peace, and joy, or yearn for commitment, passion, calm, or clarity, this book teaches you that you already have all of these within you. Whatever you long to experience outside of you is an aspect of you wanting to be birthed. Who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation is part daily reader, part spiritual practicum. Drenched in gorgeous imagery, each powerful page invites readers to dance, to leap, to sit still, to stand tall as they ponder the question, Who have I come here to be? 
Join the journey of self-discovery. Come explore the world within, an infinite field of possibilities to discover who have you come here to be. To order your copy of Who Have I Come Here to Be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation, go to www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. That's www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And hi, everyone, and thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate your support and the energy that you give to this show, The Intentional Spirit, and letting other people know. So with your social media, making them aware of these great shows that we have with some incredible enlightened people that are so uh, known as their teaching uh, in this day and time. And today we're talking with Rasha. In the words of oneness, and she is talking about not only the book that she's created before oneness, her other book, The Calling, but she has a new book out that you can order now, A Journey to Oneness. Uh, Rasha, one of the things that you were talking about before our uh, break time is it really caught my attention because I've met so many people in their lives that they just, they almost have like an agenda of what they feel like they're supposed to be doing and practicing in the world. And they, um, like, want to force, you know, themselves to either become known as an author or a channeler or a healer or a psychic. And so they get into this sense of why is it happening, when's it going to happen, and this kind of energy. I went through a, a phase of that myself in my own life. And yet it was interesting because you were saying, here you were getting these messages and you were going, oh, I don't really know if I want to do this. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to you know, have this happen. I'm not, I'm not sure that I want my life to be used in, in that way. How did you make that shift within yourself? Or was there anything in particular that came forth that changed your mind about that? 
it it took quite a bit of time in my case to make my peace with the fact that that this was destiny that this clearly was what I was supposed to be doing because I'm very shy first of all and a bit of a coward on top of that and this was a major commitment this meant you know coming out of my shell and actually coming out of the closet in terms of my own spiritual development where I was going which I considered a very personal thing it wasn't something that I was running around talking about necessarily and I surely wasn't thinking in terms of going on the radio talking about it that was about the furthest thing from my mind um, I was somebody who was um, caught up in the absolute thrill of spiritual discovery but to me that was just a very secret and lovely and personal thing um, and then on top of that, um, I was transcribing teachings no differently than breathing. It was almost too easy for me. And I had to start to ask myself, how is this possible? Because I wasn't a person who had any qualification, any background in any of these concepts. Um, I later found out that was exactly the qualification one was looking for, somebody who was not ordained, I didn't have a degree in theology, I wasn't a psychologist or a philosophy student, um, nothing like that. I had barely opened a book on spirituality, and yet I was so um, inclined, so naturally inclined to dive into the experiential aspects of this journey that um, it became undeniable absolutely undeniable, of what the best use of my time was. I was a successful career woman. I was running a company. Um, and I was very focused on the ideas of success and all the things that we come up through the ranks of humanness, thinking that's what we're supposed to want. That's what I was doing, like a robot going through the motions of living. And then there was this other life going on at the same time, a personal life. And there comes a moment where you have to ask yourself, who am I really? What, what resonates with me? What is meaningful? And um, what is the sacrifice required in order to make what rings true, first priority. That's what it took for me to come to terms with the fact that, yes, this is who I am, despite the fact that it kind of came and hit me from behind. <laughs> Going through the motions of it, published the calling, never promoted it. Um, it was there. I pretty much did the same thing with Oneness, which... Um, was initially published almost 10 years ago and has now sold over 100,000 copies by word of mouth alone. I just got out of the way. The book had a destiny. Um, I needed to look at that. And so here we are in 2013 with the, the reluctant person coming out with the story of her spiritual journey. But it took a long time for me to come to terms with it. It was very okay for me to be sharing some very deep and personal experiences that I had had along the way. 
and as I started to talk about it, it amazes me how many people are able to relate to some of this stuff. I see that I am far from alone in this. That there's a world of people out there having these experiences. I wasn't the only one. Um, so that was my training, is going through this and um, coming to terms with it and then getting off it about being shy and um, owning up to what was really going on with me and recognizing the unity in a world of people who are going through the exact same journey. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, and people are saying, um, not about this book because it's not out yet, but the book Oneness, when they read it, um, it's like the book is detailing their day. Sometimes I, I get tons of emails and people will write to me over and over again. I get these letters. Um, you know, I randomly opened the book and it talked about exactly what was going on in my life today. It was uncanny. How did oneness know? And I thought, well, that's funny. I do that, but I thought it was just me. And apparently there's a world of people out there who, for whatever reason, will randomly turn to a page and read exactly what they need to hear in that moment. So um, that, that is one exciting thing. I should also mention there, um, there is a phenomenon that happens with this material. Oneness explained that there are encodements in, in these books. Um, so as people are reading, for whatever reason, they feel like they want to put, put the book down for a little while, for a day, for a week, or whatever. And the purpose of that is to create a space for an experience to happen so that you are not learning these concepts mentally as, um, as theoretical, philosophical ideas. You are learning these concepts by being a textbook illustration of those very ideas. So you'll find, you'll read something, and then you'll put the book down, and within a day or two, you'll live it. It'll actually happen to you. It's uncanny. So this happened to me as I was transcribing the book Oneness. It took me four years to write that one. And the reason it took that long was I was living it. The new book, A Journey to Oneness, details what was actually going on for me during that time. And all of the personal teachings that I was also getting, not only the book Oneness I was transcribing, but the constant dialogue, the daily dialogue that was going on between me and Oneness um, that contained, um, actually, it amounted to 3,000 additional pages I transcribed in that seven-year period of, um, of teachings that were related to my personal illustrations, my adventures, and also profound teachings on some very heavy metaphysical concepts that will um, put into perspective some of what's going on in our world, some of what we're sharing as um, collective experience in these times, why that is happening, how it's coming to be, and understanding the role that each of us plays in co-creating that 
So um, you find as you're reading this material, you really get a handle on, yes, you do make a difference. You're not just you know, a drop of water in the ocean. Your vote counts. Everything you do makes a difference for the collective. And you start to understand the dynamics of actually how that works, what, what's going on in this world that's causing things to happen that we're experiencing together. And together, how to shift it, how to make it the highest, most comfortable ride for everybody. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I totally that was, that was admire a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> I totally admire your willingness to to then step into public life. Uh, I like many other people t- totally resonate with that. I've so many times walked away from being public about my spirituality mm. and my teaching, only to find that uh, the the detour leads me right back into. You know, being public again. So I really resonate with that. And I think a lot of people, especially those of you that are listening, um, I think sometimes we forget that. You know, when we see people that are taking a stand or just speaking about, you know, books or things that they have done, that we have this huge sense of, of being shy or being introverted, um, that mm-hmm. we're not always public by choice, <laughs> but by destination. And so yeah. anyway, I just want to acknowledge you that the courage that it takes to to break through that, because I, I understand that very well, having had that experience myself. It's not easy, and yet you have to ask yourself, how can I not do this? Yep, Did you think through that too? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. How can I not do this? Mm-hmm. This, is, this is larger than life. And... Um, yes, I could run a huge company and I could make lots of money probably and, you know, have all the things that I'm supposed to want. But is that really going to give me the sense of purpose and meaning that so many of us are searching for in these times? The people that have everything, that have the success and everything it can buy, there's still always something missing for, th- for these people, for, for most people. And that's something missing you discover is not out there at all. It's not in the world. It's within. So once you've tapped into it, even by accident, how can you not pursue this? It's the most fascinating thing you could possibly be doing with your life is exploring that aspect of being you. And, of course, nobody's forcing you to, but it's an option. It's Mm -hmm. definitely an option another selection on the menu of what's available to us in human form. You, you want to have a wild adventure? Try this. You know, it's kind of, that's what one is it. Yeah, you, you want to really experience what there is, who you really are? Close your eyes. Silence your mind. And fasten your seatbelt. It's incredible. Fasten your seatbelt. What are some of the practices that you do, Rasha, that um, give you that that (laughs) sense of serenity and that that sense of oneness and and inner Mm -hmm. peace? Are there types of disciplines or things that you do in the course of a day or a week that support you? 
Absolutely. Um, I like to emphasize the importance of developing a spiritual practice, regardless of what it is. That's a personal thing. Um, whether you choose to chant mantras, which is one of my favorite things to do, and something I've studied seriously for 20 years, or whether you want to sing spiritual songs or light candles or talk out loud to God or whatever opens the door for you, set aside a time, a special time in your day for doing only that. Um, I think it's very important that people realize that your spiritual life is not something you squeeze in between meetings. It's not something that you do when there's nothing else to do. Um, if this is the most important thing and your relationship with your deepest self is the most important relationship in your life, then you make it a priority. You create time for it. It comes first. For so many of us, it doesn't start out coming first, but it, end up, it ends up coming first because the results speak for themselves. When, it, when you prioritize your spiritual life, your spiritual practice, and of course meditation, um, there is nothing more important than setting aside a little time every day and eventually much time for the practice of meditation, however you choose to do it, whatever your background, regardless of who is your guru, what courses have you taken, it doesn't matter. It all goes to the same place. Do what feels comfortable for you. So I started out in a very modified way, and I ended up doing between six and eight hours a day of spiritual practice when I came to live in India um, because the results spoke for themselves. I was on a rocket. And of course, when you're, you are immersed in that level of, of spiritual life, you want more. <laughs> you, want, you want to take it further. You want to see how far can you go with this. So yes, I was in a very intensive spiritual practice and was talking to one is two or three hours a day on top of that, um, which is spiritual practice in itself. I don't necessarily advocate it, that people do what I did at that level. But um, prioritizing it, um, close the door, put a do not disturb on it, turn off the cell phone, and make this a time just for you, just for you and your deepest, most personal, intimate connection, which is the one I call oneness. Some people call God. Um, there is a million names for this presence, but it is within you, it is within us all. And the opportunity to know it, rather than just believing it, is there. It's knocking on your door very loud right now. If you want to open that door, um, the most exciting adventure is available for you. I think um, where a lot of people who consider themselves spiritual miss the boat is they've read all the books, they've gone to the workshops, they've gone to the satsangs, they understand theoretically how it all works. They could probably teach those courses at this point.
and yet they haven't taken the time to make it a priority in practice. That's the next step. So of all the things that the book Oneness teaches you, doing that is, is way up on the list. Make oneness a priority. Make your divine self who's just waiting for you to come and open that door. Um, make that a priority. See what happens. Often we would uh, know, say that to bring your knowing to a place of showing, <laughs> or yes. you know, to have your oh, I love that your walking and your talking uh, going in the same direction is always mm-hmm. um, inviting. You're listening mm-hmm. with Temple Hayes Unity Campus, hosted here in Saint Petersburg, Florida. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world, with the words of oneness through Rasha, who is visiting us today while she is in the pleasantries of her world in India. That just shows what we can do this day and time with internet and with radio shows like this. It's so exciting of how we can connect now with people all over the world. You can connect further with Rasha by going to her website, onenesswebsite.com. We'd love to hear from you and hear about future shows that you would like or comments about our various shows that we have. We'll be right back after this short break. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. the saying a good deed is its own reward well moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward it will also reward you with vibrant health boundless energy an easy way to keep your weight where you want it and according to yogis and unity's co-founder charles fillmore even give a boost to your spiritual life on main street vegan the radio program named for the popular book Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And here we are, everyone. We're enjoying the the conversation of the words of oneness through Rasha today. And Rasha is, is with us. She has her residence in India and northern Mexico. And she has a new book coming out, A Journey to Oneness. You can currently order it on Amazon.com where she talks about the experience of her life in the last many years and the process of when she both wrote the book, The Oneness and, and The Calling. Uh, Rasha, with your, uh, your life and your practices, as you were talking about before we went to break, are you um, a, an individual that feels like I do, that there's also a real strong emphasis on nutrition and what we put into our physical bodies? Absolutely, there is. Um, because everything in this world is energy. The lives we create are based on energy. So you want to put the highest and the best vibrationally into your body, regardless of what it is. And oneness goes into a lot of depth um, on this subject in the book Oneness. Um, I'm a vegetarian. I I understand that you are too. Um, In India, more than half of the people are vegetarians. And I thought that that was interesting. Um, But then you have to look at how spiritual those people are and how aware they are of energy. Um, So, you know, of course it's a personal choice what you eat. But you, you want to avoid chemicals. You... You want to avoid things that are going to add density to your, your sum total vibrational equation when the whole point of the exercise is to accelerate your vibration so that you can ascend, so that you can have the highest and the best version of your life episodes that you can. And that's determined by energy, by vibration. So what you put in your mouth actually determines, in part, what happens to you because it, it is a huge chunk of your vibrational equation, what you eat, where you are, where you go, um, all the choices you make. You start to see all of life from the standpoint of energy and you prioritize your life accordingly. Yeah. In other words, like it, it would be great to go into that crowded place, but what's it going to cost me in terms of my energy field? And even though, yes, it would be fun to go to that party or you know, in, into whatever you choose to pass because you know you're not going to feel good afterwards. Eventually, you start to make the connection instantaneously between where you go, who you're with, and what you eat and how you feel because there's definitely a correlation. And you make your choices accordingly. If nobody says don't, but if you do, here's what you can expect. So when you're on a very serious spiritual quest, that becomes a major concern. What am I going to eat? Uh, where am I going to go? Who do I hang out with? Who do I not hang out with? Um, 
And it's not a matter of being a snob. It's a matter of common sense. As I can tell people, it's, it's fastening your seatbelt. You, you want the highest and the safest ride through your spiritual journey that you can have. So you start to become selective. And uh, I get into debates with people, especially my study groups. <laughs> um, actually, I, I might want to mention it on the subject of hugging. This is, this is a subject that one has cautioned me about. It's, it's a um, custom in America. Everybody is all over everybody. Hugging, total strangers, hugging, full-body hugs. That's very friendly and very nice and very heartfelt. But vibrationally, you don't know who you're hugging, what their agenda is, what their levels are. And when you have that type of close-body contact constantly with lots of people, you're into a common denominator effect where everything gets equaled out. So if you are seriously pursuing your spiritual practice and maximizing everything and getting your vibration all lovely and high, and then you go around hugging everybody in the room, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? Everybody's going to love hugging you, but you may not feel too good afterwards. And eventually, you won't have to ask yourself why. You'll know. So um, that particular... um, custom of mine of saying namaste, (laughs) holding up my hands and virtual hug and all of it may not be as popular as some people would like, but I've been very carefully trained to be careful of um, who you hug, where you go, what you do, because um, the results speak for themselves. So, I mean, that's not a popular position to take, but it's one that will ring true as you get deeper into this, into the spiritual journey, you take it very seriously, as I know so many people are doing right now. This was a major clue for me. Mm-hmm. Just not feel I have to be polite, not feel like you know I have to go along with the crowd if I know it's in my best interest not to. And um, there's, I mean, this is a huge subject, Temple. It's. Um, body work is another aspect of this too. Be very selective in who you choose to have work on you. Everybody who is offering energy into, as a body worker is not necessarily in your highest interests vibrationally to interact with. Really assess it. Tune in. How does it feel to be close to this person? How does it feel when they touch you? If it doesn't feel good, um, tune out. If it does feel good, if your heart tells you this feels right, this feels good, then go with that. But otherwise, there's no need to be polite because someone has hung out their shingle and says that they are an energy worker. To have them add their energy to your equation, it may not be in your highest interest to do so. And again, I mean, that's not a consensus position, but those are the teachings of oneness. Be careful. And um, I think that was part of what oneness called Spiritual Street Smarts 101 that was in the beginning. Just um, be careful with what you're doing. You don't have to go along with the crowd just because it's the cool thing to do. 
likewise, um, your expectations of your spiritual practice, you will go light years beyond where you think you can go. If you do some of your spiritual practice privately and within the sanctity of your own home, your own room, where, wherever you like to do it, rather than doing it in an audience. You can get a certain measure of, it, of heightened experience by sitting in an audience and doing a group meditation. But that's really just a tidbit compared to where you might be going if you took those same skills into a quiet place and did it by yourself in the sanctity of your own consciousness. That's what there is to have. Because oneness is not a group experience, even though we all have oneness within us. This is a personal experience that you are going to delve into the depths of your own, the sanctity of your own space. This is something you do quietly in private, and the results will speak for themselves. So, you know, those are clues that I was taught all along the way. If I, I came up through the ranks of the American New Age scene like everybody else and expected if I went to a, a satsang or a channeling, I was going to become enlightened. And this is what people were saying. It doesn't work like that. You, you need to be prepared to do the work and to really apply the principles by yourself, quietly. And um, you'll be amazed. You'll be absolutely amazed at what can, what can happen to your life circumstances, not only what will happen in the sanctity of a meditation, but the quality of your own personal adventure of life will shift. And you'll start to have higher case scenarios, higher case outcomes of um, situations that may happen things that you may feel were destined to happen. The outcome of all of those situations is not carved in stone. Certain things may be inevitable in your life, but you can have a better result from it if you start to really take your spiritual life seriously. It will manifest in your physical life. Um, that I, I can absolutely attest to from my own experience, having, um, having done it and having done a lot of it the hard way, which I, I write about in the book, uh, how? Absolutely. Yeah, I was I was the person who had what they called the the Murphy's Law Guide to Spiritual Awakening. Mm-hmm. I was the person who fell in every pothole. Um, I had to do it the hard way. Um, <laughs> they- <laughs> uh, you bet. Well, on the next show that you and I do together, we can talk about some of those parts of our journey because I so get it, and I must have been right there with you about the about the same time i want to thank everyone for being a participant in our show today and for uh, the wisdom of rasha i encourage you again to go to her her website onenesswebsite.com rasha thanks so much for being on our show Thank you, all of you, for participating at unitycampus.org and watching our Sunday services and and looking at the various things that we offer here within our community right here in the heart of St. Petersburg. Rasha, namaste. Thank you for being with us today, and thanks for your your teaching and much success with your new book, The Journey to Oneness. Thank you.
Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me to be part of it. Absolutely. Bless you on your journey. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the Quest for Prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special, loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course, because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.